WWE Fastlane, to me, it did not disappoint. I think that Fastlane was one of the better ones we've gotten over the years as far as it being a fill-in show, being the last pay-per-view stop uh, on the road to WrestleMania. I'm excited about Mania. I know uh, we're all clamoring for it. I think at this point, the time of this recording type, WrestleMania is 27 days away. Four simple weeks. Raw after Mania is something that everybody always anticipates each and every year. So I can't wait for that. And um, let's get into the results from last night's show, which, again, did not disappoint. Uh, We had the first matchup on the kickoff, which the kickoff was very dope. Shouts to the Glamazon. Shouts to Coach Running Point. Shouts to AJ coming on. Shouts to the Iconics coming on. Uh, We had David Otunga, I believe. We had not Sam Roberts really uh, embracing that. uh, What is I think Coach called him the last something like that. He's like the last man in in broadcast journalism or something like that. But the last true opinion. But he was really uh, being he was speaking for the internet wrestling community that's how i felt and with the ways he was you know sharing his opinion it was like wow it was just enough to make it seem like yeah i'm here and i'm sharing what i think and feel and of course he's not talking down on the product but he's definitely uh one that is able to put the fire in the belly of some wwe superstars you know we've seen what took place with him and Bianca Belair. He had some things to say about, you know, other superstars during the kickoff. I would recommend if you don't want to go back and watch the one from last night, you go and watch the next one for Mania because I'm sure it's going to be a complete spectacle of opinion, but I respect it all. And um, the first match was New Day, well, Big E and Woods taking on... Uh, Nakamura and Rusev. We know we're trying to turn the tag division up, and this little odd couple of Rusev and Nakamura could actually get a little bit of steam behind it because they're both extremely strong. Like, I don't feel uh, bad or anything like that. I just see the WWE trying to make the best of all of the top talent that they have. We all know Nakamura and Rusev are two of the better talents, whether they're quote-unquote relegated to the mid-card or not. You know, however it works, whenever we get to see them, we as in me, I'm thankful. So uh, they went at it against the New Day. The New Day picked up the victory, but the reason, or well, not the reason, but the, the match in itself made each and every one of them look very strong. Rusev and Nakamura being the unlikely duo actually had awesome aspects of teamwork, but New Day was able to beat them out because of that long-standing camaraderie. Before the match even started, though, we had uh, Kofi get stopped by a backstage hand, and he was uh, told that the McMahons wanted to speak to him about the WWE Championship match later on in the evening. And we all figured that that was the moment. Whatever. Uh, So... They had that match. That was cool. It was fun. We opened up the show. 
uh, with uh, Miz and Shane O'Mac taking on the Usos for the Tag Team Championship. Now, this is a moment where Not Sam actually shined through, said, you're trying to get daddy's approval. Miz has been trying to get his father's approval for however long now with this whole best in the world storyline. And I've enjoyed it for the very most part. You know, I thought it's been funny in its times when I'm trying to get cool with Shane and, you know, Shane told him not to screw him over, but we'll get into all of that. But, you know, Shane went with it and they were the best tag team in the world. The match between Shane and the Miz, well, Mac Miz and the uh, the Usos, man, it was a cool match. Very fun, fairly paced for all four gentlemen. It made tag team wrestling look cool again, in my opinion. It was a great pop-up Samoan drop, or Samoan drop. Great Samoan drop into the neck breaker, connect, connecting move with the Usos doing that to, I believe, the Miz. They were kicking Shane's ass, but Shane was also looking just, uh, but Shane was looking like a new man. You know, like, we all know Shane is good with the strikes, punches and bunches, and he is... He, he could he could hang with the best of them. But man, I tell you, he looked the best he's uh, looked in a while last night as far as the in-ring competition went. And one of the bigger moments to me were, uh, what well, was the, well, we all know, is the highlight of the match. It was the big drop kick. Shane was going to go from coast to coast on Oos. Oos was going to hit Miz with the big splash in the center of the ring. And you could see them. I think uh, Corey called it a standoff on the top rope. And they're looking at each other, and it's like, hey, yo, if you jump, then I'm going to jump too. And if you're in my way, then you're going to get hit. And that's exactly what took place. Oos went for the, for the splash, and Shane literally went for that missile drop kick from the top rope. I was ecstatic. It was unforeseen but at the same time it's like wow what a way to utilize some of your biggest offensive maneuvers just to and and it's all that happening in mid-air man shouts to Shane man that man could take a bump I'm you know we go we all go back with Shane right but I was a little kid wondering about how Shane was jumping off things this match didn't necessarily have Shane trying to kill himself but at the same time, it did cover the base of Shane jumping off of something. And he landed an attack. He didn't have to jump all the way across the ring, which is a lot. I always uh, fear for Shane landing on the back of his head when he does that. But, you know, don't let me get you nervous. <laughs> you know, like, it looks great. But it was really, really cool to see all of that take place. Uh, the Usos pick up the victory. You know, maintaining the championships and a great told story between the four of them for the tag championships. And, um, uh, you know, The Miz was disappointed. Feel like he let Shane down. Feel like he let his dad down. Feel like he let the home crowd down. You know, and it was completely understandable. Some of us would be a little upset. Yo, some of us would be a little upset. Pardon me. Y'all could tell I'm on the road. And there are some... Uh, wacky racers out here but anyway uh so you know shane tried to you know brush it off and let them know it's all right and ain't no problem it's all good it happens but when he went over and said uh you know uh sorry dad 
man when I tell you Shane took off and clotheslined Miz in the back of the head. So now we got a bad guy, Shane McMahon. This is crazy. Yeah, so everybody was talking about uh, Shane losing. I mean, Shane well, losing his cool, losing his temper, completely beating the holy high hell out of the Miz. I was shocked. We've been hearing rumblings of it for months. Oh, Shane's going on a hill turn. Oh, the Miz is going to turn on Shane. Oh, it's going to happen like that. But to see Miz uh, be officially solidified as a face, pardon me. And then to see uh, Shane, you know, really embracing some of that McMahon-esqueness that we all know he's clearly had. Like, I haven't, I don't even remember seeing Shane as a heel Except when he was like the European champion. You know, like when he was the badass Shane O'Mac. Like, we all know, but it was a great, great babyface run. And now we get to see Shane be a bad guy. No pandering to the crowd, I'm assuming. And who knows whatever else. Was beating up Miz enough? You know, I mean, the story would put it there. Like, yeah, it's just, he beat him up in front of his dad and... You know, it was his hometown, which Cleveland was rocking. Man, Cleveland was awesome. Not in my opinion. Phoenix still kind of has my title this year as far as, like, my favorite city goes. But, man, Phoenix definitely uh, showed out. Well, pardon me. Uh, Cleveland definitely showed out. Very fun-sounding city to be in as far as WWE Fastlane went. So, yeah, that was the first match. Uh, let's get on into the next one. All right. Mandy Rose took on Oscar next for the SmackDown Women's Championship, and it was a it was a cool match. You know, and we see well, we would assume that Oscar would be the better person coming out of it, and that was even before she went into it. But we know Mandy Rose has been truly, um, you know, excelling at being, uh, you know, better. And she's uh, totally stepping her game up as far as the in-ring competition goes. She's fun on the microphone. She's thrust into a quick storyline. Picked up a couple quick wins on Naomi. You know, this is uh, filling, filling space. I think she's um, a good pick and a good spot for it. Her and Sonya Deville, you guys know are two of my uh, faves, period, right now. Just because of the whole tough enough gimmick and... You know, the way they came about with Absolution, they've still been able to stick together, you know, even with the small pieces of, uh, I mean, small cracks uh, forming every so often with the two of them, just like during the match. Sonya Deville was trying to go underneath the ring and get stuff to uh, have or to interfere in the match. This is what helped Mandy Rose to pick up the victory on SmackDown against Naomi in such a fast way. And it was also uh, what led to Mandy's demise tonight because Oscar, uh, you know, was having a, I wouldn't say regular match, but both of them were, you know, throwing, throwing, throwing the best shots at each other. And uh, when um, Sonya Deville went underneath the ring, the ring apron was in the ring still. And when Mandy went to the ropes to bounce off of him, well, she went to bounce off of the ropes. She slipped on a part of the ring apron. And uh, this is what gave Oscar the opening for the victory. It's, uh, 
seemingly Sonya Deville's fault. We'll have to see how Mandy responds to this on uh, SmackDown Live, but we know that she was not very happy with Sonya at all. And, you know, losing that match to Oscar on count of just uh, attempted shenanigans from the Jersey Devil. Either way, um, that was that match. Very cool. We cut backstage and we had uh, the New Day, uh, I guess, uh, looking for Kofi or something like that. Or they found him. He's backstage still waiting to speak to the McMahons about the WWE Championship opportunity later on. Fast forward because this was just a little bit confusing for me. I think it was uh, done a little fast, but at the same time, it was it was all part of the ploy, and I can ultimately appreciate the larger story at play here. So they uh, still see Co they see Kofi still waiting to speak to Mr. McMahon or one of the McMahons, and. They eventually just say, nah, you've been waiting out here since the kickoff. We done went through a couple matches already. Now we're going to go and uh, make sure. So they bang on the door. They go in. You know, Mr. McMahon is sitting there, said he was waiting for them. Now, I don't know if this was a small ploy on them talking about Mr. McMahon not be able, being able to hear well in, you know, his OG ages now. But at the same time, I don't know, like, maybe that was just a ploy for Mr. McMahon to say, nah, man, I heard you. I just didn't want to answer the door. I wanted to make you wait. And that is, a, you know, part of what this storyline is with Kofi having to wait some more. You know, he's been waiting 11 years for the opportunity. So now he's still waiting. And Mr. McMahon, you know, it's all good saying he's waiting. It is what it is. Like, whatever. So they talked to uh, uh, Ian Woods, talked Mr. McMahon into having Kofi, well, making the match a triple threat. This is, you see, the, it was smooth, a smooth way of wording everything. But they said, all right, fine. You'll have a triple threat or you'll be in a triple threat or something like that. But it wasn't necessarily for the World Heavyweight Championship or the match would be a triple threat. So, I mean, it was a bit confusing. I'm pretty sure we'll have that cleared up on uh, SmackDown tonight. I mean, pardon me, SmackDown tomorrow. But uh, as far as I was concerned, the whole segment went well. The, the New Day, they're still trying to push Kofi as far as uh you know being the greatest of all time and it's very very obvious if you're not if you're trying to really enjoy what the product is but also predict certain parts of what's gonna happen like we all do i think the wise man would know that we're gonna see kofi at mania but we have to get there that was a main focal point of the show tonight which i appreciate and that's why i said it's been a little bit better than the other ones we've seen leading into wrestlemania so uh kofi gets into a handicap match instead of the triple threat match and he takes on the bar hey i mean the fans were mad everybody was upset i'm personally not upset about it at all uh Kofi went in, made himself look good. The ball looked great. In my opinion, I think it was a way to showcase all of the uh, talent. And but um, I think that Kofi, uh, I think well, part of me, I think that all, everyone was showcased. You know, everyone that we've seen on TV in the past little while now. I think that. We've seen them. We saw them last night on the show in one facet or another, which is always cool to see these guys get TV time. So, 
Uh, Kofi went against the ball. I uh, believe the ball picked up the victory. That match was so uh, blur to me <laughs> because I was thinking more so about, you know, Kofi just uh, eventually getting the mania. But, you know, I believe the ball picked up that victory against Kofi. It is what it is. Give me a second. I'm going to go and check the results and then try to remember the details I might have forgotten. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get the recap on that one on Tuesday. But the main part that I really wanted to get at was I don't want to say knowing that Kofi is going to be uh, showcased in WrestleMania, but it is damn near obvious. You know, the WWE clearly listens to the fans. You know, I'm... Uh, I like to go underneath the delusion that they listen to the podcast, <laughs> you know. Uh, we know that Sasha Banks likes the podcast, that's a fact, so she probably goes and shares with everyone, you know, in the back. Oh, yeah, this guy be rambling, but he definitely know what he's talking about at times. So, shouts to you, Sasha, and shouts to Boss Hug Connection. We love you, Bailey. But, um, yeah. Kofi, I think, would be... I'm, I really don't want to even talk too much about what could happen with Kofi Kingston. Only because I'm going to allow the story to play out. I'm very excited, just like the rest of the WWE Universe, to see somebody like Kofi get the opportunity. I don't want to be ignorant, but I didn't really watch too, too much in the past. So, Well, you know, in the past couple of years. So, I've got... Well, uh, I would say until 20. 14-ish, I got back into it, but, you know, in the time while Kofi was like, you know, boom, drop Kofi Kingston and the rest of that with the Jamaican colors and all that, I believe that uh, I, I wasn't, I didn't think, I was still underneath the impression of what the champion was supposed to like, you know, he's supposed to be super strong and a bunch of muscles, like, this is what I was raised on, so, I saw Kofi uh, almost at his peak. I never wanted to say, hey, he could be WWE champion because, you know, I used to think a lot of people could be WWE champion, you know. And when you got guys like Jeff Hardy, who is another one of my personal favorites, you know, being able to climb to the very top of that mountain and be able to do that, then there's hope for anybody. And I think Jeff would even say that. Whatever, though. That said, Bobby Kofi, it's all right. Now, how do we get to Mania, WWE? How are we doing this? I'm intrigued. I would love to see uh, how it all takes place. I would lose, part of my language, I would lose my shit if Kofi Kingston picked up the WWE Championship at WrestleMania. But I do not like to get my hopes up just to get my heart broke. I'm very sensitive like that, so no. Uh, so that was that match. I believe we got into another good one next. Let's check it out. Yeah, the Raw Tag Team Champions, The Revival, took on Alistair Black and Ricochet along with Bobby Roode and Chad Gable in a triple threat match, or a triple threat tag team match for the tag team, for tag team championships. Either way, it was a real good match, fast paced. Everyone got moments. Don't, I like to see, I like some of the stare downs I got, we got to see. I liked, um, Bobby Roode in there with Alistair Black. Like, wait, what? You know, we saw a lot of cool moments. We saw Ricochet fly over the top rope. We got to see Alistair Black take 
that awesome uh, deadlift German suplex that Chad Gable does. Uh, these are just some of my highlights in the match. And um, ultimately, the Revival were able to pick up the win off the Shatter Machine because I believe Chad Gable was a little, uh, you know, shocked to see Ricochet fly over like that. And we know Chad Gable, he could do a couple little bit of stuff himself. But, you know, there's only, there's only one and only, <laughs> if that makes sense. So, the NXT guys are looking good, in my opinion. I think even though we're dealing, I said it before, even though we're dealing with the unfortunate injury of Champa, which kind of leaves Gargano in no man's land as far as the main roster goes, valuable lessons are learned about what goes on up here. And at the same time, like, so that's a point for Mr. McMahon going against Triple H and this little toss the NXT superstars into the deep end of the pool. But... This is also a point for Triple H and the NXT roster because they're being represented very well, being able to pick up big victories. And I said it last week. I said, hey, now they on a little win streak. Can this continue? Now, they didn't necessarily win the tag team championships, but they had great backstage promo segment and a great, great match. So I don't know how long we're going to see these guys as a tag team. A little unorthodox, but... That's the direction things have been going in the past couple, so I'll take it. So I enjoyed that. Uh, Revival still tag champs. Top guys deserve top guy things. So that's a good look for them. Everyone looked good. And Bobby Roode and Chad Gable, listen, these guys are world-class athletes. I already know that Bobby Roode is completely capable. I know that. And Chad Gable, man... I've, I've been liking Chad Gable since NXT UK, and i just seen, like, a fatal four-way tag match, and I could see that with him and Jason Jordan. And shouts to Jason Jordan because we haven't, uh, we heard he's going to be doing the backstage production thing, but he was one of the awesome in-ringers, in my opinion, you know, and he was still green, but, you know, it was sad to see him get injured the way he did and have to stand down, but... Yeah, he was definitely one of my up-and-coming favorites, so I'm glad that he's still uh, being held on to in the back and such like that. With that, we got into the United States Championship match. Now, we were supposed to get Andrade versus Ray on the kickoff. I thought that was a ploy to get people to watch the kickoff, which I hope worked. But at the same time, we had to switch that out for the tag match between uh, Big E and Xavier Woods of the New Day taking on Shinsuke and... Uh, Rusev and the match that we got end up being a uh, fatal four way. What what is happening? End up being a fatal four way between uh well everyone we had on SmackDown Live. <laughs> so it was Samoa Joe, uh, Andrade, Rey Mysterio, and our Truth vying for the United States Championship. Now we got a lot. It was basically a remix of the match we got on SmackDown with some more huge moves, great reversals. That slotting splash that Ray does turned into a DDT from outside, but he did the slotting part only because Joe was tossing him out of the ring. Great moments. You know, uh, R-Truth looked very strong. Everyone had up another gear. We had Zelina Vega go for the Hurricane on him again from the ring apron. Didn't work. Uh, she went for a super kick on him. Didn't work. Then her and Mello went at it, which was 
it was something about that that I really liked. So, yes, we all know Mella. She beat Oscar twice. She beat Charlotte twice. She is women's champion, Miss Money in the Bank twice. Call it what you want. So, yeah, uh, Carmella is that ish. And we know that Zelina Vega could uh, defend herself. La Muñeca always was helping out Andrade. And Andrade, man, he's... I think he had the move of the... One of the uh, moves of the match for me when he did, like, the little corkscrew. I forget what it's called, but it was a corkscrew spin outside of the ring. Looked really, really nice. It was cool. So, that was that was a real, real fun match. Ultimately, Samoa Joe picked up the victory. And we all know it was well-deserved. He just beat three guys. Now, who else wants to try to take on the Samoan submission specialist? Who? Who? I have no clue. But whoever it is is going to be next, I'm pretty sure it's going to look real good. I mean, I know we in Mania seasons. There's been rumblings of uh, Joe taking on Cena for the United States Championship. But we don't know. We know Cena's doing movies now and all the rest of this stuff. So... Time will have to tell. We'll find out how uh, Samoa Joe addresses the WWE Universe on SmackDown Live uh, on Tuesday night. So that was that was fun. So far during the night, well, throughout the night, I've I was enjoying the show. We were going uh, from match to match, from segment to segment, but it didn't feel like it was a show. It felt like it was all just you know a fun, you know, just just a fun show. Leading into WrestleMania. So let's get into this next match. All right, moving forward, we had the Women's Tag Team Championship defense. For the first time ever, Bailey and Sasha uh, took on Nia and Tamina for the Women's Tag Team Championships. Newly coordinated champions went in and looked real good. The joke was Bailey was uh, doing most of the heavy lifting and Sasha was there ready to sweep up at the end. It was good teamwork. From both sides, everybody was in the right spots. You know, the Iconics were on the kickoff show talking about how uh, the women's tag team champions were supposed to be defending on each and every show across all three brands, uh, Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. But that's not what's been happening. I guess with all of the other things going on, we haven't really had the time to truly, truly get into. Uh, what's going on with the women's tag team championships but we're glad they're here and i'm pretty sure that you know they're going to be some awesome storylines uh covering it maybe even going into mania actually i wouldn't even say maybe about that i would believe that we won all of the belts uh showcased and highlighted for the show of shows but you know they all had a good match the four ladies went in there and kicked ass it was a great warm-up to what happened with the other two horsewomen in that night and I mean, Nia and Tamina are being built as the wrecking balls of the crew, the, the, the strong ones, you know, strong ones of the women's roster, the division in itself. So, you know, everyone looked real cool there. Match ends, Bailey and Sasha pick up the victory, and Sasha gets tossed over the announce table. The, the, within, in the midst of all of this chaos, Beth Phoenix, who we all were graced <laughs> with the presence of, uh, was on commentary just because it was the first title defense, and it's only right that she's there. She was on at Evolution. She was uh, around during the May Young Classic. So 
you know, Beth Phoenix, the Glamazon is truly uh, this generation. Uh, like I wouldn't, I don't really like make comparisons like this or like that, but you know, she's definitely China after China. You know, like that energy, that that space needed to be filled, that void needed to be taken up, and the Glamazon, Beth Phoenix, definitely did that. So she was upset. Because Sasha got thrown over the table, all kinds of chaos was taking place. Tamina gets in Beth Phoenix's face. Beth Phoenix eventually knocks out. Nia attacks from behind. They're trying to beat up uh, Beth Phoenix in the ring, and it's working for a little while. And this brings out Natty. Natty, I uh, believe, uh, runs them all off. No, no, no. This turns into a beat up on Natty, I, I think. But either way, we get to see... The Glamazon and Natty back at it in the ring for Mania. I can feel it now. I can't wait because I never saw really like Beth Phoenix too much. I was again, I wasn't watching that much back then, but I would flip past the channels and she would be on. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I know about her. I've heard of her. And I'm, you know, it's good to see now we're going to get, you know, the modern day when I'm watching, I've seen the build, I've seen week after week with these superstars. And now we get to see, you know, the not women of the past, you know, but last class, you know, at the best of it, you know, go at it on the grand stage. So that's a real good look. It was a fun tag match, fun after the match. And then we get to insert a Hall of Famer and all that, a future Hall of Famer, however it works, a legend and Beth Phoenix. So can't wait for that. Let's get on into the next match. All right. Now, listen. Becky versus Charlotte was and is probably the greatest feud. Like, they finally got exactly what we were looking for. On the main roster, NXT had Bailey and Sasha, you know, with the Iron Women match and just a great rivalry between the two. Now they're tag champs, and that's what's up. The other two horsewomen, I believe, have been engaged in one of the best women's rivalries we've had in a while, you know, a modern day Trish and Lita, you know, uh, you could, I'm pretty sure these guys are going to have some of the collection, you know what I mean? Like they, they've, they're having awesome matches. They're, they've got, they both got great attitude. They're written to be best friends. It's really cool to see how both of them are continuing to progress week after week. You know, like nobody's getting their fire doused. If anything, everyone is caring that much more and getting that much more engaged with the product because of how these two are carrying themselves. Of course, they're saying what they need to say and they're going with the lines and such like that. But they're really in character and it almost feels believable, especially with Rhonda having her little outbursts now, which is what I've been saying we needed. You know, it's it's great. They say when you go on a heel run, you can say and do what you like. Ronda's proven herself for a year and going into the biggest match of her WWE tenure. I believe that uh, she's exactly where she needs to be. So Charlotte and Becky go at it. Ronda comes out and hits Becky. Thus causing disqualification. Charlotte's disqualified. Becky picks up the win. And now it's officially going to be a triple threat. This is what we all knew. We all foresaw. However we want to call it. 
But the fact is how we got to this point, and that is what's up. Went through all of the stuff, filled up all of the weeks, all of the suspensions, uh, silly, well, not silly arrest, but the arrest with this chick still saying, nah, I need to do it, and the charges being dropped, and you know, the suspension being lifted, all of the cool stuff, all of the cool stuff, you know, it was enough Stone Cold eskiness to make Becky still look like a badass, Charlotte, <laughs> you, there's no words for Charizard when it comes to how she performs in the ring, and I'm talking whether she has a microphone in her hand, she's in there with uh, a definite mat-based technician, or she's in there with a brawler and scrapper, you know, like, she's doing exactly what we would expect someone of genetic superiority to do. So I'm very happy that that match went down the way it did. And it didn't make anybody look necessarily bad. Becky took a beat down on Raw. Charlotte took the beat down on SmackDown. Ronda Rousey came through. And now, you know, we got the triple threat just to say now we want everything. And the story makes sense. I enjoyed a lot of it. So that's how that went. That was uh, the women's championship match. Uh, out of nowhere though Favorite part of the show I just enjoy this now because they're just throwing it in again But Randy out of nowhere with an RKO on Elias Elias was recapping the show essentially the entire night Musical renditions, a lot of fun with that Like he wasn't interrupted at all But uh, eventually took an RKO from Randy Because of uh, no interruptions I believe Lacey Evans was the interruption, which was hilarious toward the end of the show, end of the night. Very fun, you know, but this is what sets up Randy and AJ because AJ out of nowhere comes with the phenomenal forearm after that RKO, which was awesome. Just a fun surprise for the show. And we were getting ready for the main event. So we had already seen a lot of crazy in-ring competition. We've seen a lot of stuff. We needed a quick rest as crowd, you know, speaking for the crowd, we got the rest break and we had, a, you know, true comedy, in-ring action. It was all fun, all fun. So, you know, now we got AJ and Randy being set up for uh, WrestleMania, seemingly, which could really be one of those great, great in-ring matches because Randy is so smooth and AJ is definitely phenomenal. I said it before, I'll say it again. But now we get into the main event with uh, The Shield, uh, teaming up for the last time ever, taking on Baron Corbin, Bobby Lashley, and Drew McIntyre. The main event was the main event. It went the way it went. These were the strong guys. It was good to see the airing return of Roman. It was good to see the Shield do the Shield-like entrance where Seth goes and flips over the barricade and all of that. We saw a lot of cool teamwork moments. We saw power spots from Roman. Sit-down power bomb is great. He was light on the jumping clotheslines, which is something that that's probably my only gripe with Roman old school. And, you know, I wouldn't say new school because we he just got back. But I wasn't really a huge fan of everything turning into a giant jumping clothesline or just a clothesline in general. And, and that's just me. That's just me. You know, everything else Roman does with the big boots, sit down, power bomb, all that. You know, even some of the punches. Eh, but... Roman is Roman, he is the top guy, and I totally understand, you know, like, how it works. It's better than jumping shoulder tackles, I'll say that. It's better than the six moves of doom. So, Rome looked good, Seth looked great, and Dean looked 
crazy again and that felt home for me like it looked real nice to see Dean seem happy doing what he was doing you know that's that's just my take on it they kept on trying to write this whole well tell the story of Dean not signing his contract so it'll be done after mania I don't know I'm gonna wait until after mania to know for sure you know I don't it's emotional for, for a lot of us out here in the WWE universe. I told you we also got a soft spot for the Shield with Dean being uh, one of the crazy cogs in the machine. You know, he's uh, he looked great in there last night. I really enjoyed seeing him do his thing along with the rest of the brothers. So um, Bobby Lashley, Baron Corbin, great moments. Uh, from Bobby Lashley. Baron Corbin took a whole boot to the face, but was still able to get slide out of the ring and slide back in. Uh, these guys went through the table. Drew McIntyre went through the table, but I mean, he looked strong. Claymore, his Claymore last night looked very devastating. We didn't hear the clap on it, but that's fine. It was still just like, ouch. And the triple power bombs all over the place. Through tables. A lot of fun, you know. We're gonna we're gonna find out in due time whether or not the shield is really uh, calling it a night. Uh, we'll find out, but it's all on Dean. So that was the show. A very fun show. They ended out with the you know shield fist bump. Very emotional, and we're headed into mania. You know, we know Seth is taking on the Beast. Roman is you know sky's the limit for Roman. And we don't know what Dean is going to do on his way out. But I'm pretty sure we're going to find out. And let us officially say now, like, you know, when you're on a road, you're driving, you're driving, you're driving, you're riding, you're riding, you're riding, whatever you're riding on, riding in, whatever. And then you get right up to the horizon point. Guess what? We just reached the top of the hill and we are officially in WrestleMania season. It is real. You can see it. It's right here, WrestleMania, 27 days out. I'm excited. Get the WWE Network. Be sure to, like, I'm going to personally watch a couple of things leading into the show from now till then. Maybe in about a week or two, I'll watch the Roman Reigns Chronicle story. Maybe watch uh, the WWE photo shoot with AJ Styles. Might even get into uh, some of the Edge and Christian uh, show that totally reeks of awesomeness because of the new season and I wouldn't I know it's so funny I just wanted to give it some time to get some episodes so now I can sit through a couple of them because awesomeness so uh shout out to everybody that gives you uh, brings you the podcast each week uh tomorrow night we're doing raw tonight raw is on so I will catch you guys then peace